This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 416, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Let nothing you dismay Remember Christ the Savior Was born on Christmas Day Hello, welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast. Episode 416 is the last show of the year. My name is Connor Kilpatrick and joining me as always is Josh Flanagan. Sort of. And Paul Montgomery. Yes. We are iFanboy. <laughs> We like comics. We read comics. Every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the best comic they read. We call that the pick of the week. We talk about that on the show, along with other books of the week, other topics of interest. And a quick reminder and a warning, this is a review show, and it's the last one of the year, so this is the last chance you get to pause the show and come back. Don't get spoiled until 2015. Oh, shit. 14. Oh, my God. Wow. I don't know, I don't know, how, I don't know how that happened. It's all downhill from <laughs> I don't need the years to come any faster. Is what I, is when you really were a kid the big and you used to do the math. You're like, well, when I'm this old, it'll be this year, and this, uh, and then anyway. Yeah, I had the pick. Uh, Josh had the pick. Yeah, uh, you know, this was I. I had a, I have a bit of a hard time picking something this week. I, I there were a lot of comics, um, and 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 several of them were were very good. I, I it was I, a sneaky big week. It was. I thought I had a sh- like a smallish week, and then I actually looked at him, and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna take a lot while." It was a it was a good chunk of. I read a bunch of image books. I read a bunch of Marvel books. I read you know a few others. Um, I ultimately went with this, uh, and, and I'm starting to get. Which is what? Uh, Thunderbolts number nineteen. Did I not say that? Well, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I've already checked out. Okay. It's like senioritis over here. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is tough. This is the book about the red people. <laughs> yeah, it's all gamma all the time. Um, I don't think that we've made this pick of the week, although we've talked about it a few times. This is one of those books that, that had a slow build, like where I was like, oh, have you read this? It's pretty good. And then it comes back later and goes, it's, it's really pretty good. And then, then Connor just goes, yeah, that was good. And then and then, and then it leads up to a pick of the week. I think we've done that process before. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, I think so. After basically the setup, previously was that there's the thunderbolts which is on paper i mean it was a ridiculous team it's red hulk punisher venom uh red leader deadpool electra and whoever the hell mercy is yeah. and um how do you think they convinced the leader to change his name to red leader i, I assume also shouldn't he be leading the x-wing squadron i assume it has something to do with wedge antilles in which case he agreed <laughs> yeah i figured it was just like a star wars homage like <laughs> i um, thought that's what was happening and uh anyway um, and Charles Soule took this book over from was it Daniel Way before? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, and basically, it got very, it got, it's very whimsical. It's uh, silly. It is, and and I I think it's so interesting if you look at it con in contrast to all the other books that that Soule's doing. Like the, another book that came out this week, uh, you know, was was Superman, uh, Wonder Woman, which we'll talk about. And, and like literally, you wouldn't think they were the same people. I'm not even. You know, there's, there's the tone's totally different. Completely different. Um, so anyway, the the last sort of uh, story arc was that uh, they all of the all of the Thunderbolts were going to each help the other Thunderbolts do their whatever their mission is. So they all help Punisher take down. They throw their names out of a hat. Yeah, <laughs> a, a mob boss. And all they, of the mob bosses. Yeah, 
And then what this one was is they're driving away after they kill all of the mafia. Uh, <laughs> and they're in a van. And I. <laughs> That's why he goes to, uh, to wherever he's going in his next series. He's leaving New York because there's no mafia left. Right. Uh, and and uh, I assume Chicago, 1920. Anyway, uh, and, and they're in the van. The first thing you see is Deadpool. And you go, all right. He sh- they had him shoot him in. The- he asked them to shoot him in the head so he didn't have to sit through the boring car ride, which is brilliant. That's <laughs> great. Is really very funny. Um, and then uh, you're you're basically in uh, Red Leader's head as he he plays through this plan to assassinate and kill all of the people and, and get out of the situation. And, and and he's how he's all worked it flawlessly and it's perfect. And then there's one little hint at the beginning where he's like, hey, my, my brain seems to be dripping out of my nose. That's, <laughs> that's, that's not good. Um, and it's just this increasingly cool, like, the, you know, best laid plans. And then there's a, there's a, there's a twist at the end uh, where he's basically he, – he played it out. And then all of a sudden he realizes, wait, my brains are dripping out of my head. And he hasn't actually done any of these things yet. And – uh, and he starts to doubt himself completely. Like, it's a it's a John Cusack movie. Yeah, basically. he he loses he loses psychological thriller. All of his stones on it, and I just I didn't see that coming at all. I thought, well, that's cool that he did all that. They'll figure some way out of it. Um, I really love the switch of his 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 personality. I thought that was that was. I don't know anything about this character other than I. I he was a Hulk villain, you know. He I knew take, that much, but like that's take over the as world. Much as I knew sizable I, head. I don't know why he's this now. I he has like a twenty five head. Yeah, but there's like a there's like a there's a DC character who's got the same kind of head, isn't there? Probably. I forget, but like the, I get them mixed up. Um, I have a couple of observations about this issue. One, it's a really wide van. One of my favorite things <laughs> it is. It's a really wide van. One of my favorite things about this is that they keep making more jokes about the utilitarian nature of the Punisher's van. Right. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't have anything it doesn't it doesn't have air conditioning so this 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 isn't a minivan (laughs) and general ross is like it's not (laughs) because he's a military man he doesn't know what a civilian vehicle is like uh he got he got to put in one of those one of those runaway truck turnoffs which i've seen a a, a lot of times and i always find them fascinating and i was really impressed that they had to run off the van at the moment that they were going by the one runaway truck runoff, which I've only seen like on two roads ever. I've seen them in the Rockies. And they're terrifying. Right. And I thought, boy, those those you really have to be in the right place for that. And they were. So I, I, I liked him pulling that in. And, and I, I was I liked the reversal. I was I was super impressed by it. I was like this was the one where like I think we've seen him getting to be a better soul, getting to be a better comic book writer. Uh, through this last year, as he's really taken over all of the books, um, and this was one for me that I was like, "Oh, that's," I feel like this is a turning point, like like in a, or at least like a like a next level achieved sort of thing. I was I was really impressed by it because it was funny and clever, um, and and you know at the same time it also like it looked great. The the artist Gabriel Hernandez Walta, I don't think it's it's not the same guy who was on it before, but it's no. still got that sort of strange abstract. Very squat yeah. bodies, and I'm totally. I look at like look at the way that he draws. <laughs> it's great. Look at, look at Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he draws him two different ways. He draws he draws him as he is, and then he draws him as a uh, red leader. Yeah, I, I think that's yeah. sort of the visual indicator that we're in yeah. his head is that suddenly people get more squat. See, I don't think I not overly squat where you where you know right away. Like, it's not like they're you know, chibis or whatever, but it's like 
It's just enough difference in their appearance that, that that's how you would know if you were. Yeah, I don't think I caught that just because I didn't catch it either. I wasn't I didn't familiar catch it with the art. And if you look, I did. If you, if you <laughs> well, look you're now, so smart. You <laughs> no, I'm just saying I kind of got the idea that this was sort of, he was working it out in his head and thinking about what he was going to do just because it was all internal monologue. And then the the uh, artistic cue of having especially General Ross like all bent over and almost a caricature of himself. I was like, oh, that's like how how red leader perceives him so maybe i'm on to something here and then it, it turned out to be kind of what i thought it was going to be but it, it kept me engaged the entire way through so how even is, yeah good. how how is uh gamma radiation not harmful i believe it is well he was dispersed to get the van he's like well it's not gonna hurt anybody there's a point where he, he decides to disperse it from his body um well, he's thinking of. And it says not enough to do any real damage. Well, I mean, obviously it's in his head, but he says not enough to do any real damage. Most of them won't even notice. I feel like any kind of radiation. Well, not any kind. No, we're constantly surrounded by all kinds. But of I mean, like gamma radiation being being in sent out in waves like that. It's probably he has that. to do like some kind of gamma, like what's it like Kegels. <laughs> so that he can like secrete it at the no, I mean, but like at the right amount, so that it's not too much and he doesn't kill everybody all right away. But wouldn't he just want to anyway? Just kill everybody in the van? Be an easy way to just do radiate it. entirely. Just yeah, this is fun. I think. I mean, I caught up on the the last issue was the one I read when it came out. Um, I'd caught up with seven in a row, and uh, it's fun. It's it's fun in that same way that Wolverine and the X Men is fun, and that like Hawkeye is fun, and it's not like irreverent like the old justice league book it's but it's fun which is that we talked about that i think a year or two ago when marvel seems to start introducing these kind of books that's a lighter toned superhero book but it's not it's, any, the it's only not the way that i can stomach most of these characters like I, and it's especially this particular group of characters yeah yeah exactly that, and 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 it also though it's it is very easy to go too far the other way and, and right, you would expect when this was. I think I think when this was announced, I didn't even pay much attention to it because of the character lineup. But you know, you expected a really teeth gnashing, serious book with you know the Punisher and Elektra and you know Thunderbolt Ross. But you've got the opposite of that. I mean, the cover's great. You know, it's it's the cover tells you all you need to know. The van's broken down. Elektra and Punisher are arguing, holding the map, and Deadpool's flying a kite. I mean, this is, and then the Hulk's wearing that silly hat. The bad hat, hairy hat. But uh, did you see the preview for for next month? Is the uh, Ghost Riders coming and joining the the group? Well, that's the logical extension of this team. I think is yeah. what other like '90s popular you know characters can you add to this group? Boy, that is a great cover. It really is a great cover. Um, I, I also really the, the 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 lighting and the way that the 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 drawing works uh, on the page where you you come back to Red Leader's face. Um, you know, yes. when, when you come back to him in the van, he's holding up the lighter and his nose is dripping. Uh, it just, it's, it's really great use of color and shade and, and light and, and just the expression on his face. It, it tells you everything. You don't have to read any of that if you didn't want to. Uh, I, I just, Good stuff. Great visual cue. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, it, it was sort of a, a sleeper, uh, in a way where I kind of was like, oh, all right, these, these have been fun. I'll keep, re- I'll keep reading. And I, and I got through it and I was like, you know, that's really impressive. I, I, no, I, I totally, see, I totally see why why you would pick it as pick of the week. It's just, it's kind of cool just to do like a back of a van story. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I love that it was like all contained. I still have no idea who Mercy is, but um, I think all the other characters, was, you know, it's great. 
if you consider Thunderbolt Ross to be sort of the father figure of the team, then this was a, a week full of complicated father figure relationships. And oh, um, that was that was the segue. Yes, this week, and the most complicated and most awful might have been in Lazarus number five. This was this was probably, you know, my runner up. Greg Rucko, Michael Lark with Brian Lovell on art, and uh, Mr. Carlisle. We get a little flashback to uh, to uh, Forever's childhood, which he's training to be the Lazarus. No hugs and uh, no hugging. He he is not a good dad. Which which you could probably have surmised up to now, but I would not surprise. I'm just saying, you know, the little girl wanted to give her daddy a hug, and he uh, was not having it. I don't believe that he's really. I don't. I don't I, or do we know how? Like she's. I haven't read all of the back matter, but like she's is she she's more like an experiment. Is she? She's like a clone. She's genetic clone. So she's related um, in that. She's considered to be part of the family, but she's also the, the clone of protector assassin part. The saddest thing about this issue was that there was no more historical bit in the back. Yeah. Um, I, I, f- I found that. Really bit, about that. I found that bit to be exceedingly sad. And I, I did too, but I was kind of captivating. So yeah, I did too. I was so happy for the. Ne- I was ooh, more and more history, and then I got back to the back, and it was like a character profile and letters, and that's fine. But I was just very sad that there was no. History, which I've been loving. I really liked. I really <coughs> liked the sequence on the on the on the river on the Mississippi. Yes, I great. That was a great sort of view of the world. I thought it was a really interesting the the way that she uh, dealt with the with the problem, right? You know, which is a very. I, I'm sure that's the kind of thing that's happened a lot of times. You know, in terms of sort of world diplomacy, like, well, if you fire back, then it all goes to hell, right? You know, and and those kind of creative uh, solutions. I always think of like the in uh, what's the movie. Well, from the, the Bay of Pigs, uh, but but um, in the movie with with uh, three hundred. No, Batman returns. <laughs> um, days, thirteen days. You know, right, when he's right. Flying the plane, like, and he's like, "Honestly, this plane that gets yeah. bird strikes." Um, with Antonio Banderas? No, no. Antonio Banderas as John F. Kennedy. <laughs> um, this issue expanded the world. <laughs> expanded the world a little bit. Uh, we got to see not only forever as a child. And not only we got to see this DMZ line between the two family, um, oh, the Mississippi River de- de- delineating the different territories, but we also got to see some of the waste. I guess those are the waste. Are they the serfs? The serfs. There's the family, and then the serfs and the the wastes. Um, we got to see this family who works. I guess they're like. Yeah, I guess it would be the serfs because they they would have been the serfs in the old days. They, they work the fields. Yeah, yeah. Family. So they got to see them dealing with a flood situation. So it wasn't really necessarily all tied to a main plot, which is fine. It was world building and getting to see. Okay, so now you have an understanding of how some of these people in the world live. I bet it gets. I mean, it'll probably end up being part of it. Probably, but you also doesn't have to necessarily. Right. Um, just gives you an idea of, you know, you hear about the serfs and the waste in the in the in the beginning, but you don't actually know what they, that means so much. We've met a few of them, but they've been working in the compounds. Um, and then we had the the idea that they're going to lift some waste up to surf level. So there was a sort of gathering in Denver. Oh no, those South Central Los Angeles for that to go to Denver to be lifted up to the right, right. Um, this is another good issue. I mean, this is, you know, it's a long game comic, right? So it's already in that level of Captain America. We, that's the gold standard of Edward Baker Captain America, where it's going to have to really blow you away, probably to be pick. But um, it was almost pick. No, I can see but, that. Totally. But in the same way that it, one of the best books I read this week. Yeah. Uh, really good stuff. Um, Astro City number seven. Could have come out in '99. 
This was classic uh, Astro City, but one, one thing that really interested me was the letters page. Did you, either of you read that? No. No. Um, he, he prints one letter a month, and in this one, it was really interesting because the guy who wrote in said uh, he doesn't want to see any more of the regular everyday characters, the background characters. He just wants to do, you know, get to know the superheroes. <laughs> and it was like, what book are you reading? Because this book has always been about the background characters. But... Um, I've read like five issues of Astro City total from the entire run, and I know that that's missing the point. <laughs> like, yeah, but that's basically what Kirby Six said, but in a much longer set. I liked, I love this issue. This is basically one the Wonder Woman character be, and a bunch of villains frame her because the world doesn't necessarily trust her to begin with, and they they get captured and they say they've been working for this for Wing Victory, and uh, she's she's a criminal mastermind, and so then what I liked about it was it examined the sort of media storm around it and how. You know, in this day and age, the media would quickly turn on her because that would get ratings and that would get clicks and that would get all these things, you know. Uh, so I that also, was really- I also liked how um, it like the the plot against her was very like Silver Age DC. Right. I mean, it was it was clearly don't worry, we're we're, we're fooling them now. Like, stop that. No yeah. one's falling for that. And then, and then finally, um, I was I was totally, I, I I guess surprised, but I was also excited by the reveal of the character at the end mm-hmm. um, that the confessor's going to show up. And then I just looked at the cover and I was like, oh yeah, he's right on the cover. I guess really <laughs> a, a it's funny how little I look at covers in these days anymore. Now that I don't have the the Great physical cover. copies. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, this you know this book continues to fire at all cylinders. This is what the seventh issue and. Uh, you're right. I mean, this is like right back in the world. This one, this one specifically, really feels like it could have been part of the first or second run. Yeah. But I like that. I like the examining, you know, what would happen in this world, where the, you know, the media doesn't trust one of the heroes. Really good. Um, now, did either one of you read Justice League three three thousand number one? I think I did. <laughs> that was a question more for Paul. Um, so if you if don't you recall, judge me. This comic was the one that was announced as the uh, reteaming of the classic Justice League team of Giffen, De Matias, and Kevin McGuire. And right. then Kevin McGuire was unceremoniously dumped from the book, uh, replaced by Howard Porter, the, the artist of the classic Justice League, run with Grant Morrison. Um, and then there was some rumors this was going to be like a stealth Legion of Superheroes book, which uh, doesn't seem to be the case. But um, I don't know what to make of this book, Paul. Uh, I don't know either. Um, I mean, artistically, it's... It's sort of like, well, you're losing Kevin McGuire, and I, Howard Porter, need to do something to make up for that sort of, and spite, while still being Howard Porter. And everybody's got the crazy eyes. See, I, I, I've always been a big fan of Howard Porter. I know he's may, may not be the best technical draftsman, uh, but I love the crazy energy that his pages have like always his, had. I like his layouts a lot. Yeah, and uh, I mean, no, I think it. I think it. it looks, also, when you when you are, zero in on the faces, though. Yeah. Everybody looks like a nuts. lunatic. They look like a dog hanging their head out of a car with their tongue lolling out. Like that's I, what they I all believe. Look like. I could be wrong, but I believe he had a really bad hand injury, and that's why his art. He slightly, did. Yeah, slightly, slightly different than it used to be. But I liked the art. It, to me, it, it was really difficult for me to follow a lot of what was going on, especially in the beginning. And it's they drop you in the middle of it, which is good. But it was also like I didn't have any sort of context for the world. But I did like the reveal that. You know, this Justice League isn't other people that just using the mantles of these characters. And this Justice League isn't descendants. This is they tried to clone the original Justice League members. 
you know, from the, you know, in the year 3000 and this is what they've got. And they are the people without the upbringing. So there's Superman without the, the influence of the kids and there's Bruce Wayne without the guilt of the parents being dead and, and a really vicious Wonder Woman. It was very, I liked that aspect of it. They're sort of examining the characters as, well, we can just clone them. Well, you don't actually, doesn't mean you get a replication of those people. You just, you get a version of their physical being, but it's not them anymore. And I thought that part was interesting, but I didn't know what to make of the book as a whole yet. Yeah, I need a little bit more, but like kind of the, the thing you're talking about is sort of, I don't know. Um, it's it In a way, it's kind of, how the publisher has felt for a while now that it's like what what are the characters like it's with a meta commentary special book. yeah it's um, one thing that they're going to apparently going to explain is why Barry Allen looks exactly like Wally West including having red hair but uh um I thought oh wow this is this is that and I had forgotten about this I remember reading about it at the time but I thought this is how they're bringing Wally back but, but who's oh, Wally West again some dude um he was Kid Flash in the sixties. Don't send letters. Wally West kids. Um, no, Great. never. Wonderful. But I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna read the next one because I think it's interesting. Yeah, I wanna I wanna see. Twins in here. That's the joke. Oh. Is that yeah. the uh, Yeah, I want to see what happens. I want to see what happens when these dogs uh, catch the cars that they're chasing. Right. It's not Volville, Josh. It's not. A, it's not a silly it's not. book. No. No, the tone's no. not like that I, old. It'd be really uh, interesting to see what that would have looked like. With McGuire done it or just yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, is, I mean, is the idea that they were they were, he was doing it too light and they wanted to do something more? I don't know. More, they never said why. More grimacy because I, I, that's what I feel like what, what may have happened, and that's total speculation. But I mean, my speculation would be that the tone, the original tone, was closer to the, what they're known for, and then they changed it because it wasn't. 90s enough for the new DCU. So then, then there's a grimace on everyone. And the thing is, Paul's absolutely right. Everyone has got an angry face. Every single page, every panel. But besides that, like I, I think the art looks great. I think it does too, but I, I just I like that the title page and you see Wonder Woman like swing, like swinging the lasso or like maybe it's mid-punch. And her face, it's just like, it's kind of like, you know, the unfortunate shots the one of like a boxer. Yeah. You know, it's like, the and the the, the mouth is kind of like roller coastery, you know, and it's it's interesting, um, but it's like every panel. His hands grabbing her around the waist too, which is kind of cool. It's interesting. I, I like the character study idea of it. Is what is what is, what do you get when you clone the greatest heroes of all time, but you don't, you know, they're just coming out of a tube. So the, basically, the, this book is it, well, we don't know yet. They we don't know. Yet. Like, they look like, oh, so so really, the the genes don't matter. It has nothing to do with who the people are. The, they'll be assholes if you're raised to be an asshole. They're not all assholes. Superman is. Uh, Batman isn't. They also have sort some sort of weird memory. I guess they've been uploaded with whatever was on record because they seem they they think they know each other and I think they're friends, but they're not really. Um, kind of interesting. <laughs> it is kind of interesting. Yeah, I just I, I, I want to see where it goes. I, mean, I am sort of tired of grimacing. Asshole Superman. Uh, <laughs> speaking of kind of interesting, um, I decided to read uh, Marvel Knights Hulk number one, written by our pal Joe Keating, uh, with art by uh, Peter Kowalski, who does sex. Who does sex? Which, he does sex. 
He does. He does, does the sell, sex. He does sell like a. Uh, he does the sex with you. A Russian translation of, <laughs> of English. He does sex. He does the book sex, uh, a book a book that I'm very impressed by, uh, mm-hmm. artistically, and I liked this, but I don't know entirely what to make of it, which I guess is the same thing you just said about. Well, the- it's 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 Hulk in France. Wee wee. Okay, Keating loves like, France. Joe loves France. That's what I got out of this. Keating loves France. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of French in it. Maybe. I did. I did an interview with him on this, and it's sort of like it's it's um they're going to do a lot of stuff with like French New Wave, mm-hmm. and I think we're going to see more of that one, as it goes along. One thing comics fans are cl- Marvel fans specifically are clamoring for is the Nouvelle Vague. That's uh, <laughs> I think that that's that's really getting ahead of a trend there. Um. But it, at the same time, like I found it very interesting because I don't know what's going on. What was the premise of it? Uh, the Hulk is woman, in France. A woman find no, no, a woman, no. He's he's not, or it doesn't right. seem to be. A woman finds uh, sees a, a banner uh, a face down, shot in a in a, a the river. He's in the Seine. Uh, yeah, although it doesn't seem to be very deep. That's what was throwing me off when I was saying it. He's on the banks of the Seine. Yeah. Uh, she jumps off the the train, or no, that's different. Anyway, she rescues him, and he doesn't really know who he is, but he's like, I have a feeling that there's something you won't like about me, but I don't know what it is. And 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 then he starts being chased uh, by by Matrix agents uh, who <laughs> inject themselves and then become gigantic super hulks. But he doesn't ever turn into the Hulk. Um, but there's a bunch of situations where. Like at one point he's in a music club and and there are people playing. It's a it's a crowded bar and and I'm just looking at all the people. And I go that'd be a really t- bad time to turn into the Hulk and he and he doesn't. You know like and so mm-hmm. it's like that that kind of uh, uh, um, suspense is, is going on all the time. And then later like they end up on that he 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 goes on the on the train. He goes on the metro, and that's a really bad time to turn into. That's Hulk. a bad place. For um, <laughs> there, there there is Hulk intervention there, but they're gigantic. Like they keep getting bigger, and then there's a mysterious woman with a white shock of hair, uh, and 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 they're trying to kill Banner, but Banner never turns into the Hulk through the whole thing, and it's it's really interesting. Can you say that all again in French? Uh, nope. I think it's about impotence. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think it's about it's, impotence. Like I think a, it's at in, uh, impotence and baguettes. I think so is. this will be this will be like Banner gets his groove back, and it will be in the form of baguette. I think so. I guess they're delicious. Oh, <laughs> uh, A couple euros. For it's, a I, no, I think it's. I think it's like there's like a, a little, like a uh, not a little bit, a lot of like culture shock and stuff. It's it's you know an American lost in in another another country, and um, I, you know we'll we'll see as it progresses. Maybe I, the Hulk is some kind of metaphor I, about anxiety about. Yeah. You know. But what I liked about it was that. A lot of times um, you will see uh, the print. This is a new take on so-and-so, and it usually isn't. Well, this is a new take on a French New Wave. Yeah, but this is like this is really like oh. I don't know what this is or what this is supposed to be. So in that way, it, it feels like a very unusual Hulk story, which I find interesting. I cool. thought it was very well drawn. I thought, uh, you know, we, we see a lot. How much sex is there in it? There's, there's, I believe Not enough. I feel like the club would be a good part. Good there seed is, for a, a bathroom blowjob scene. Is a woman with a shock of white in her hair. Just isn't doesn't doesn't the one in the sex have that? Such a good book. It is. And it doesn't look quite like sex. It looks No, it's it's definitely it's less somber. What's funny is that the first bit of it kind of is. <laughs> Are you doing it wrong? 
Is it somber when you're doing it? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> well, like the, it's funny because all the, all the sort of Bruce and the French lady talking sort of look like that. But then when he does the action scenes, like he he does the hell out of two giant hulks destroying a train. Like I was awesome. oh, yeah, impressed. Yeah. Um, mm. And you haven't seen that in sex. It's really difficult to talk about the book. <laughs> I'm punchy. I'll be honest. I'm a little punchy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been a long day. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. So, Josh, when people hear this show, it's going to be uh, less than a week. Well, mere days till Christmas. First of all, but, uh, I don't know why you don't have Amazon Prime. Because if you do, then you can start all of your shopping on the 20th. <laughs> and you're done. Um, I realize that that's impersonal, but have you been to a mall lately? No. Go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon, and you can uh, use that link to buy all the stuff that you're going to invariably buy either for other people before Christmas or for yourself after. All the stuff you didn't get. Ron Boxing Day. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Famously, December 26th. Buy some shit. Um yeah, so go do that. It doesn't cost you anything. It just benefits us. Uh, and more importantly, there are lots of other podcasts and websites and things that have their own Amazon links. Uh, don't use those. Don't use them. <laughs> uh, Not know, the Around I, Comics one. I, no, I have friends, uh, my friends who do the Star Wars Minute. Uh, they have one. I'm telling you right now, they don't need the money. We <laughs> <laughs> have a much bigger audience. <laughs> well, where is Josh going with this? I'm, I'm saying come, come, come to use our link and then yeah. and bookmark that as your thing and get through the holidays uh, and 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 so on and so forth. Uh, what's the what's the URL for? Ifanboy.com/slash/registration. Yeah, I use an old template here. Ifanboy.com/slash/registration is where you can go to sign up for a membership if you want to more directly support uh, the podcast. And uh, doing that, you can you can sign up for a a three dollars a month or thirty dollars a year. Uh, right. Or you can donate like whatever amount, yeah. thirty grand. You could forty donate. grand. Let's make it even fifty. I think fifty grand. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the right way. I'd recommend people go out and buy the Zatuichi Criterion Collection set on Blu-ray. I really would rather have fifty grand cash. Twenty-five <laughs> movies. I don't think you understand the tax implications of that. Um, okay. I I've purchased at least three copies of the Fifth Beetle this year for people through our Amazon link. Nice. Nice. Maybe um, four. That you know. That being the case, though, but uh, you know, we still we still uh, do rely on your contributions and uh, to to keep the show going. There there actually are there are costs. I know I know they say in this bold new internet world there are no costs, but uh, that's BS. Yeah, those people are lying to you. Yeah. Um, also, cocaine not cheap. Yeah, exactly. So uh, thank you for all the people who did that. Um, yes, everyone who did it in 2013. Thank you very much. We couldn't do the show without you, and uh, you're our favorite people. You're, you beautiful people, you. Superior Foes of Spider-Man 6. Is yeah. Superior Entertainment. Ooh. This, is a, this, is, this is a fun book. This is really entertaining. And it has crying Victor Von Doom. <laughs> the last issue was the pick of the week, right? Five? Yes, it was. Yeah. He's getting more silly, I think. He's getting, he's getting really like, silly. Like um, the book's getting, and, and I'm cool with that. And like the silliest jokes in the book are the are the ones that I really latch onto. Like the ones that I shouldn't be laughing at. I, like Mach Five trying to make a cool <laughs> exit out of a room, and he can, and his wings don't retract, so he can't fit out the narrow window. And he just and it's like two or three panels of him trying to get through the window, and he just can't. <laughs> Um, well, the, the the good setup though is the page turn into that, where he's trying to dramatically say the thing as he flies away. So he's like, and when you do, you'll learn. And then there's a whole page 
of him not getting through the window and it's paced. I mean, uh, Lieber, Lieber's very good at this, uh, mm-hmm. this sort of visual comedy in comic book form. Uh, and if you look uh, on that page specifically, there's those three very similar medium panels of him trying to get through there. Chunk, and then this he's trying to wiggle his way through, and then that fourth panel is he just backs way the hell out, and you get a wide shot, and and all the you know it's just the figures against white, uh, and it's it's embarrassing, it's it's really nicely done, um, it's, it's that's fun stuff, and it's only like one little bit. That's yeah, it's one little bit. This is this this book is this this issue is kind of all over the place. I mean, there's stuff with with Boomerang thinks that maybe there's a guy out there who is pretending to be him. And it's you know, it's, like, you know, it's a you know it's a clone or it's it's an old guy or a, or a black guy or something is 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 has a boomerang mask just like I do and I can be the Hannibal Lecter of people with with boomerangs on their faces like I'll help you track him down um, because of course Mach Five is his parole officer which is another hilarious idea um, but again this is about a painting of Victor it all centers around this painting of Victor Von Doom that shows his actual face. And it keeps, you know, it's it's continually covered up by something, sort of in sort of a slapstick kind of style throughout the issue. And while it was being painted, apparently Doom was thinking about the fact that because he's Doom, he can't call his mom. Um, he wishes that he could just pick up a phone and call her, but because he's Doom, he just can't do that. So he he shed a single tear, and that happened to be when the artist was painting his face, and he painted in that Connor, tear. Connor, do you read this? No. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a line from this book, and I'm gonna see if you can resist reading it after I tell well, you. Well, I've already. Line. I mean, I've already. I'm gonna know, just I, let me read you the line, please. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Quote: I want you to draw Doom, like one of your French girls. <laughs> That's a line in this book. It's good. I, it's I, very I, good. I'm gonna download the issues when we're done here. Yeah, exactly. Um, I know what Daddy wants. Now I, you know, we we at ifanboy.com, we cannot throw any URL stones. Yeah. But uh, ClarkCatRopolis.com still remains the worst URL <laughs> that ever existed. Worst when you say it out loud, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> That's why, because I tried to say it out loud. It's ClarkCatRopolis.com. Uh, really bad. Also, this is Superman Wonder Woman number three. Bad idea to tie it right to your names. Because yeah. what happens if Clark quits? Anyway, um, we talked about this issue, this book before. And and we've, we've also talked about their relationship, the Wonder Woman Superman relationship before, and I think they're finally made. And this is also a Charles Soule book we've mentioned earlier, written, drawn by Tony Daniel. I think they're maybe going to get to an interesting place with this this couple. They haven't. I think we mentioned last time how my problem isn't the concept of them together; it is the execution of them together, which is you know indicative of the entire New Fifty Two. But um, I think at the, at the end of this issue, we see that the, their relationship has leaked out to the press. And suddenly Superman hears all these things that are ha- – all the, the reactions all over the world to it. And I think finally we might get to an interesting aspect of their relationship because it is kind of scary to, to have them be together if you're like a regular person. Yeah. I mean there's, there's, a, there's a romantic side where of course you know, they're, they're the quarterback and the head cheerleader. But the other side is they're the two most powerful people on the planet. What happens when they're a couple? I thought – I really I, – I, there were really interesting things about this book, this mm-hmm. issue. I thought the first – uh, page, it's actually just one page of of uh, of uh, of Bruce talking Clark down. Yeah, more, more than a page, but um, I don't think that it would necessarily be a thing that I would usually say would actually happen. 
But just staging it and watching them talk through it, I think, is an interesting concept. And so it was, it was interesting to go. It was fun to go through. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't I don't know. And I don't know where else you would do that. Um, on the other side of that, I want to say, I think I, this, this is really nice work from, from Tony Daniel. And yeah, it's, not, I thought yeah, it's really good. nice looking. Yeah. Like, he held back, I think. He, like, he gave it a little more of a rough edge. There's less, I don't know, like, long. He's good when he's given the time to do his work. I mean, I think the problem in the past was he was writing and drawing. No, protected. I think it's, it's not as overwrought. Like it's, he pulled back a little bit and let it loosen up some mm-hmm. brought in like, you know, a little bit of the, a little bit of mana pole to it or something like that. And it's less, it, it looks less like a Jim Lee book. I thought I the, the pages, the sequence where Zod is trying to fly and there's the condor. Um, Really nice because it's a really stark background. He's he's in the desert and uh, sort of gray skies and stuff. And and it yeah, it it's less busy. It's yeah, you know. I'm I'm really just noticing that now looking through it. But like as I went through it, like I, it was fine storytelling and everything. But look at it now, like he, he's pulled back a, a bit, I think, and, mm-hmm. and let it let it breathe a little. And I think it worked very nicely. So it's also a bit of a brighter book than we probably used to him. Yeah, drawing. that too. Um, but I think it's interesting. I think they could, there's, I mean, there's certainly places they could go with it, whether or not they will mm-hmm. is the question, but, uh, I had fun with it. Yeah. It's a little, it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a little navel gazy, but yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. Now Uncanny X-Men 39, is that right? Um, I almost didn't buy this because it had a giant, uh, INH number attached to the number and it's stupid, but, uh, <laughs> And you would have missed Ladies' Night. Well, that's the thing. I was looking. For, I didn't realize that it was a Ladies' Night issue. I thought it was sort of the, one of those special ones, you know, where uh, right. it's sort of the tie-in and the next issue would be the return to the story. But this is just the next issue of the book. Yeah. So it's a good thing I went back and did, actually did read it. Um, and it was Ladies' Night. And I enjoyed it. I mean, of course, Ladies' Night got interrupted by the story that had to happen with the Inhumans. But up until then, I was really enjoying Because I think they've got a really interesting dynamic of female characters in this book who don't necessarily all get along. But they're all very – they all could get along if they got over their posturing about not getting along. And uh, They definitely have sort I of a, a mean girls thing going with the cuckoos and young Jean. But then there's that one cuckoo who's sort of cracking. She dyed her hair, she dyed her hair brunette and she's – I like baby. that idea a lot that she wants to differentiate herself and the other ones are like, what, did, what are you doing? <laughs> you've got the wide-eyed Australian who's new to the whole scene and then you've got Jean Grey who's a whole mess of problems. And Kitty Pro- I mean I think there's a really interesting dynamic of characters here. Um, so what I, really I like had fun with too it. is that they go and they're going to invite Kitty along. And, you know, before this year, it wasn't, you know, I mean, I'd, I liked some X-Men books, but I, I, I really appreciate that at this point I knew that Kitty wasn't going to go for it. Like that I, I've come to this place with it that I understand at least like Bendis and Aaron's take on mm-hmm. the X-Men. And I was like, Kitty's not going to be interested in going to the mall at all. And like, she, she's not going to want to go with them. And, and so I, I, I really, I really liked that. And, um, I thought Chris Anka did a pretty good job. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't great, but it was, it, it did, it did the work. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that magic goes back in time and trains with Dr. Strange further evidence that Bendis cannot get over Dr. Strange. He loves him. Doctor Strange is great. No, I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying it's it's just he just he loves him. He throws him he throws him in wherever he can, mm. which is good. He's one of those great characters that you can do that with. But uh, I'm glad I went back. If you for, if you were like me and you skipped it because of the giant INF, 
INH, INF attached to the front, then go the, back and get it. Inhumanity? Is that what that is? Yeah, Inhumanity. I tried to buy is the Inhu- I tried to read uh, Inhumanity Awakening. Yeah. Uh, which was, I guess, the next one. Mistake? I didn't make it. I don't, I don't know. It's, make it it's not a book I would hand to you with a title like that. No. Um, no, but he loved the first part so much, so. I didn't love mm. it, but I dealt with it. And if it had all been that, if it had. You been, loved it. What are we talking about? I, I liked it. I liked I liked parts of I liked. I like you the appreciated idea. I would have kept I would have kept reading it if it was the same team, but switching That's around fine. you're gonna lose me immediately. Uh, There's no consistency. So go back and get that if you skipped it. Uh Nova number eleven. This is the second issue from Jerry Duggan, uh Paco Medina continuing on art. Um Connor, are you 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 no, well, you stepped that. away from this after the first I, I would I would highly recommend coming back and checking out um twelve or ten and on. Um, cause I think this is even stronger than the opening arc, um, is a really great handle on writing teen characters. And half of this book is dedicated to the school stuff and the fact that this kid, Sam is, is now the last Nova Corseman and he is, um, away from school a lot and right. people are noticing that including the obnoxiously named Principal Philbin. Um, <laughs> but that's not, that's not Jerry Duggan's fault. But anyways, um, I, so like half – and it's, it's just really well balanced. It's, it's, like, it's, you know, it's, um, it's like uncomplicated uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. And I think the art is really great. Um, and I, I think anybody who, you know, ducked out when you saw that there was going to be all these different creative changes after that first arc – um, I think it's, it's, and even if you haven't read any of it up to this point, go check out 10 and 11. Um, it's, it's really fun. It's, it's, it fills in that void that that's been left by, you know, um, Peter Parker, who is either dead or an adult. Um, so I, I, I think it's, I, th- I, th- I think it, it, it's, it's back to that, like, you know, Lee and Ditko sort of Spider-Man that, is iconic Marvel and they need something like that all the time. And it's cool that it's not Spider-Man this time. It's a different character. It's Nova. I think that's part of the, uh, what they want to do for reasons not necessarily having to do with comics. I really hope that this character catches on and that they do more stuff with him and he, you know, gets a movie and everything. Cause it's, it's a really fun idea. Isn't he the one that is in the, the cartoons? Yes. Sam, so he's already Same more popular than Alexander, yeah. Alexander. was. Right. When I was uh, in high school, senior year, I was told if I missed any more school, I would not be able to go to the prom. In this, uh, he gets in a fight with a bully, and Principal Philbin says, you either have to go to detention or you have to join the chess club. <laughs> that seems like And an he joins the chess, chess club. club. Right. Uh, so now, this is a book we haven't talked about in a long time. Long time. I can't believe I didn't do that. Two thirty-eight. Yeah, that's kind of why it's on here. Is because I realize we haven't mentioned it in a while. Um, it's one of those things where most of the issues are what they are. They're good. We know what to expect. We enjoy them. We move along. Um, this is the one about the guy who eats. It's a lot of guys who eat. First of all, uh, this one features. Uh, it, it, it's getting pretty wacky. Like we're in the prison with Savoy, and we see that like it has the lower supermax wing, and there are many food power people down there really like big deal ones you know like the one guy farts nuclear bombs basically i mean it's silly but what do you want that doesn't make sense yeah um how does he do the fusion 
It's it's Black Bolt of the butt, is what it is. <laughs> yeah, the butt. Uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna do the rest of it like this. Anyway, <laughs> like Michael Lark. Um, <laughs> this was the first issue. Where is I, Tim Meadows? Why is he not on a show or somewhere? Because he's brilliant. He's probably on some show that you would never think of watching. That's what I find happens to people a lot. Google him while you talk. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this is the one that it's like the end is coming. You you get an idea that oh shit it's gonna end. And when is when is it ending? I think it's gonna be like sixty or fifty oh, or something a like while. that. Yeah, it's a while, but but they're definitely gearing up for some shit to go down. Right. And then you're gonna get to end and be like oh, oh it's the end. Tim Meadows. Um, Wait, but, how is this on thirty eight and Uncanny X Men is on thirty nine? I don't think Uncanny X Men is correct. Okay. It's I'll look possible. into it. Continue speaking. Uh, That's why I asked for clarification. Okay, X Men is actually number fifteen. That makes more sense. How'd that happen? I don't know. Make that correction before. But still, it's gaining on Chew, which has been around since the early seventies. They they have delays. They have stuff that happens. This one, the first thing in the letter column at the end of this was sorry for the delay. You know that you know it's a it's a it's a homegrown uh, uh, project. You know, they probably get eight to ten a year. Yeah. They don't, okay. have a, they don't have an infrastructure to support them. There's no fill He's, on, he's Every, on Bob's Burgers doing a voice there. He's on Suburgatory. Mr. Box Office. See what I'm saying? What are these things? Exactly. Oh, Tim Meadows. You make Anyone me laugh ghost? smile. Anyway, uh, where are we at? Is this the end of the segment? I lost the script. Here we go. So those are the books we're going to talk about this week. Um... Now, since this is the last Pick League show of the year, we thought we would go over the numbers. Wait, speaking of numbers, it is awesome that you considered that Uncanny X-Men could have been on 39. Well, because we had no, like, well, they come with It comes out a lot. It comes out a lot. (laughs) They they do. I have have no idea. I I was totally willing to buy it. So we thought we'd go over the Pick League side of the numbers. This is a a feature I would do on the website every year where I would go through all of our official picks. There was a website? Yeah, and uh, there was. And, uh... You know, break it down by different categories and see just exactly how biased or unbiased, depending on which email writer you are, uh, we actually are. So, uh, here I'm, we're not going to go over all the numbers I, that I normally do because that would be boring. But I'm going to go through it. some of the more uh, high-level numbers so you can get an interesting uh, view on things. And actually, I was quite shocked by some of these. I, I had to do tr- double and triple check them. Then I, for some reason, put my feet up on the desk and there's boot prints all over this piece of paper. Yeah, when you showed us the PowerPoint presentation, that was, uh, I couldn't believe it. All right, I so they were, hired those guys to act out the parts for us. There was 50 picks this year. 50, uh, Whoa. 50 picks. Out of those, Josh did 17, I did 16, Paul did 15, and Ron did two. I knew I was pulling my weight more than either of you loafers. This was the year, Josh, you had the most. So then, so then by company, this is where it's really fascinating. What company would you guys guess had the most picks this year? Image. DC. Okay, so number one company was Marvel with 21 picks. All right. Number two was DC with 17. I knew there was more than we thought. Number three, Image with eight. Number number two, Dark Horse with two. Panel Syndicate had one. Valiant Entertainment had one. Now, what's interesting is I I couldn't believe those numbers. Wait, what was the Panel Syndicate book? Uh, Private Eye. Oh, of course. So I looked into the, into this, and of Images' eight picks, five have been since September. So they've dominated the fourth quarter, um, which is why they seem like we picked them so much. And DC's 11 of their 17 were in the first two quarters, so before, basically before Comic-Con uh, was most of DC's picks. And I think that's sort of an indica- 
in, indicative of how it's gone the last year and mm-hmm. that we've we've really turned a corner on them in the middle of the year. So let's break it down by person. Josh, you your number one company was Marvel. You had you picked them nine times. Mm-hmm. Nine times. Is that a good out of seventeen? Out of seventeen. Okay. DC four, Dark Horse two, Valiant, and Image one each. Of the DC, were any of them Vertigo? Ugh, Jesus, man. I'm going to have to look that up. Okay. I didn't, I didn't go that deep. I don't think they were, is my point. I can look it up after the show. Uh, Connor, that's me. Uh, nice. nine, nine of my 16 were DC. Three were Marvel. Three were Image. One was Panel Syndicate. Paul, Paul, who do you think you picked the most? What company? Image, I still think. Marvel with seven. It's Marvel, okay, yeah. DC with four. Image with four. So we got to take back our publisher of the year thing? <laughs> and Ron... Ron picked two Marvel books on his way out the door. Yeah, he did. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise there. That I fanny is already in the mail. We got to get that. Yeah, it's too late. Ron's already got it. So uh, the number w- there was three books tied for the most picks this year. Any guesses of what those three books were? Thor, God of or, Thunder. God of Thunder. And I'll give you a hint. Uh, the, the number of picks was three each. Uh, saga. And mm-hmm. a third, which would be, what would it be? I can't think of what the third would be. Batman. No, well, you got two. Batman and Thor got a thunder each picked three times. Indestructible Hulk picked three times by Paul. Did I pick it three times? Yes. Wow. Oh. I thought I was I, I thought it was really like really like though. Indestructible Hulk, Paul. Was it like was it like subsequent like Runner up. Was it consecutive issues or I'm gonna I'm, I'm opening the spreadsheet as we talk. Runner up, Batman Superman number uh picked twice, Action Comics picked twice, Deadpool picked twice, Saga was only picked once. Wait, Batman's... Oh, okay, Batman, Superman. Batman, Superman. I was thinking of Superman, Wonder Woman. I was like, really? Right. So now, uh, by writer, the two writers were picked the most. They tied for first. Picked four times each. Jason Aaron is one. Not Mark Wade. No. Paul's giving him away to Mark Wade. Mark Wade got three. Hmm. I know. So there was no Daredevils this year. That's what that means. I don't believe so. Any guesses? Jason Aaron got four. Somebody else picked up four times. Got four times? Yeah. Hickman? No. No. J. Uh, Scott Snyder. Batman and The Wake. Ah. Okay. Now, that's a quick... Greg Pack got three. Uh, he, he was the runner-up. He came up. on late, though. He came on late with two Batman Supermans and the action comics that Josh right. So let's circle back for a second, Josh. And of your DC picks, one was Vertigo, the final issue of Hellblazer. Okay, yeah, that was this year. Yeah, and then just just for sake that was, of that was the, that was the last one. Let's be honest. <laughs> so, okay. so Paul, you picked uh, Hulk number Hulk number nine, Hulk number eleven. Oh, maybe I picked it. You did. I don't think Paul. Picked I think it. I did. Paul, you picked it twice. I picked it once. Sorry, I don't have the spreadsheet in front okay. of me. I'm doing this. It's a good book. Uh, just it for is. sake of. Um, no, nobody, nobody surprised by artists. The number two pick, top two picks are Capullo and Isad Ribic, three each for Batman and for God of Thor, God of Thunder. Now, this year, we picked a lot of number ones. A lot of number ones. Yeah. yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen number ones. Star Wars, Young, Young Avengers, Sex, The Private Eye, East of West, Edgar Allan Poe's The Fall of the House of Usher, The Wake, Astro City, Satellite Sam, Batman Black and White, All New X-Men Special, Three, Pretty Deadly, Superior Spider-Man, Team Up, Amazing X-Men, and Black Science. All number one issues, all picked of the week. So those were the pick of the week. I feel like there were more new series and number ones, you know, now 
Well, if you look at it, we got Black Science, Pretty Deadly 3, Satellite Sam, Sex, East of West. Those are all Image. I mean, this was the year that Image busted out all those new books. Yeah. And we were all excited for them. So how many um, how many word balloons were in the books that we chose? Um, I don't have that math, but okay. uh, I'll get the team on that, and we'll see what we got. Okay. But uh, so this year, by the picks, Batman and Thor: God of Thunder were the two top books. I think but that's fair. Sounds about right. We're gonna get some flack from the, the DC fans on this one. But uh, what can you do? How so? Because well, because we picked it a lot. We've been we've been we've been critical of them lately. But here's you a know. here's a, here's a psychological explanation for that. Mm-hmm. Josh, you picked Indestructible Hulk. We don't want to not like DC, <laughs> and so therefore you're really looking you're really looking for something that's good. You want you want right. to see something of what they once had. You know, I look every three weeks. I look. Oh wait a minute! I blew I blew something here. God. Sorry. Sorry. Mark Wade did get, get picked four times. That's what I thought. So there's the tie for three. Snyder, Aaron, and Wade all had four picks. I left that off the sheet somehow. Two, one, one issue of Daredevil, three issues of Hulk. Sorry, Mark. Well, there you have it. So those are the picks week by the numbers. So once again, the top companies, Marvel with 21, DC with 17, Image with eight. And then two for Dark Horse, one for Panel Syndicate, one for Valiant. Can you guess what the Valiant pick was? I know what it was. Paul? It's Quantum and Woody, right? Correct! Number four. Number, I don't know the number. I don't remember. So those are the numbers. Uh, we'll start them over again next year, and I'll, start, I'll keep, keep track, and we'll, uh, we'll have fun with it. Should we get one email in, or we'll see how we get? How we get? Yeah, let's, let's, let's go for let's it. Let's read Matt's email. Matt uh, says, uh, thought your comparison of Captain Sobel and Cyclops was dead on, and he's correct. What other comic characters would you cast as roles in Band of Brothers? Thanks for the podcast. I love the show. Well, first of all, thanks for bringing this up again. (laughs) (laughs) Any excuse. Any any excuse. Um, Let me just pull up. Let me pull up the, the, the cast, and I'm going to throw some names out. And we'll... Well, who's, who's the Major Winters? That's the real question. I mean, uh, so we're doing comic characters. Major Winters is easy. He's Captain America. Yeah, I was, I was, that, that one's actually simple. And, and does, that mean, does that mean Nixon is Tony Stark because he's a drunk? No, that doesn't feel right to me because Nixon is working class. Although... But he's also smart. Yep. Uses his brain. He's not really using that, his that, brawn. No, but that, that characterization is not right. Okay. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like he's a little, I gotcha. He's a little downtrodden, especially near the end, where where Tony Stark is not like that. She took the dog? The dog? It wasn't even her dog. <laughs> it's my dog. He really, um He got really drunk when they showed him uh who was who's um it was the head of the head of the Luftwaffe. The Gering. Gering. They found him Gering's uh wine wine closet and he was so happy. <laughs> Oh, Bandit Brothers. Uh, so Captain America is Major Winters. We don't have a Nixon. Let me, I'm going to work on Nixon in my own head for a second. You move along. Paul, how, how conversant are you in Bandit Brothers? Not very. Are you, All right. are you completely lost at this point? I, it's been a while. <laughs> who are we going to say is a good uh, car with Lipton? Ooh. 
Because he's a working class. He's the reliable yeah. leader. He's not flashy. He gets it done every time, though. He, but he's not the high level leader. He's the mid, like the, he's like middle management Lipton. Seems like I'm, the the like, hobgoblin. I'm thinking Falcon. <laughs> Falcon. Falcon. Interesting. I I can see Falcon. Flash. No, Flash is too flashy. Is he? Yeah. Okay. I would put Flash in the grunt. Like he's the he's uh not Garnier. Um a little bit of Malarkey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Malarkey's a little reserved, but he would get a little wild. Okay. Especially as it went on. Okay, so, um, so we're back to Lipton then. This is the most boring here's, part no, of the show for anyone who's never seen this Santa Brothers. Here's what I'm thinking. Uh Commander Steel. It's a little it's a little it's a little on the nose. It's been a while since I've had a commander gonna move, They're going to move away. It's a boring character. Yeah. Uh, 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 you, Garnier? You mentioned Wild Bill Garnier. So so what do we think? Wolverine? No. No? No. He's, he, Garnier is much more happy-go-lucky. Okay. Until, until he loses a leg. Also, his leg doesn't grow back. <laughs> Ouch. Why are we making jokes about this guy? I'm going with... Because he's, he's, he's a damn hero. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna, I like Hawkeye. I think Hawkeye... You know what? Hawkeye as Nixon is not bad. Yeah, that's true. I think that's I think that's where we are with that. Garnier's a tough one because he's Paul, funny and loud. Paul fell asleep, which is fine. What? It's been a long day. Yes. yes. Put your head down, Paul. Put a, take a little nap. We'll wake you up when we're done. All right. Uh, we, we, gotta, we gotta move on through this. Uh, Let's do one more character. One more, I think, is is Captain Ronald Spears. Let's put everybody out of their misery. Um Captain Ronald Spears. A little scary, a little intimidating. It's the Punisher. Namor. Because he's not a psychopath. Hmm. Namor or Black Panther? No. He's scary in the first when when no one knows him, and then they get to know him, and they realize he's not scary. But he is scary. He's a great leader, but he is scary, and he did gun down Nazis on the side of the road because he couldn't take them along. Right. That's a thing that happened. Sure. He's not afraid to be ruthless. Let's make him a psychopath, though. Okay, but he's completely ruthless. Sure. I'd say Namor. Hmm. I would. I'd say Namor. I'm thinking Dupe for the Rick Gomez character. Duke? <laughs> Luz? Luz. <laughs> George Luz? How do I know that? <laughs> <laughs> Captain Soul! What is the goddamn problem? <laughs> Tonight <What>? is the night. <laughs> Okay, Cap- Captain, Captain, uh, who's the the guy? Uh, Colonel Sink. Guy? Colonel, Colonel Sink. Sink. Colonel Sink is like uh, Thunderbolt Ross. Thunderbolt Ross, yes. Oh, that's kind of cheesy. It's easier to do this with Marvel characters, is what we're finding out. <laughs> There's a lot more military stuff in Marvel. I guess. I guess. So uh, the last one we did was we did Spears. Uh, <clears throat> we divided on Spears. I say Namor, and you say Punisher. Yeah. Well, that's even that even seems Punisher's probably too much. I think it. I think it's something I haven't figured out yet. Is wow. it a Venom? No. No. No, he's not a leader. Boy, a lot of British actors who are famous now were were in this. Yes, I, I was watching a couple episodes recently, and they just they're all over the place. Tom Hardy, Jamie Bamber, uh, Fastbender. Uh, Fastbender was the other one I was going to say. <laughs> oh, the guy from uh, he just joined the Good Wife, Paul. Um, he was the lead in Life on Mars. 
Oh, uh, oh. Jason O'Mara. He just yeah, yeah. He was, he was the guy that was blown up in the beginning. He was gonna be their commander. Stephen Graham. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Cone. Tons of people. Anyone listening to the podcast head. anymore? Like, I, I, I think it's Josh and I are, and that's really at the end of the day all we really care about. All right. It's kind of it's kind of what we shot for always. It's not always <laughs> gonna be the thing that you want, but. Uh, how, let's let's just say percentage wise, how many people listening right now have any idea what's going on? Fifteen. That's really optimistic. <laughs> um, I mean, they they might have some idea what's going on, but but we lost them at some point. All right, one more, saw... one more. Buck Compton. Dun Dun Duncan. Yeah. Nice. That's a little cheaty, but uh, okay. Then the, I'm going to give you uh, Bull Randleman. Bull Randleman is the Martian Manhunter. Oh, come on. What? Isn't there a southern boy? Like, it's got to be somebody. He's quiet, but he's also a leader, and he gets the job done. No Black fan. Bolt. No you fan. know what? If you left, if you left Martian Manhunter in a, in a, in a German-occupied Dutch farm overnight, he would probably make it out. Yes. Okay. I just saw Liebgott in a Hallmark Christmas movie. He's going to go back to San Francisco, drive a cab, and get him a wife with big old titties. <laughs> I've seen this a lot, apparently. And Fuck, really I need to watch it. The thing is, I, came, I just got home from The Hobbit. I was going to watch Lord of the Rings, but now <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> oh, God. We can pass revoked. All right, we had more emails. We even had a voice. shot Joe Toy in the ass. <laughs> and he got blown up in the ass, too. Yeah. Contact.ifanboy.com and 888fanboys for 266.97. We went long because somebody wrote in about Band of Brothers, and Josh and I amused ourselves. Oh, and we, for that, we apologize. But we also warned you that, A, I was punchy, and B, this is the last show of the year, so we're going to indulge. Just skip this part. That's all. Uh, let's plug a few things. Paul, you got a new gig that you should tell everybody about. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, I, I'm doing uh, Sunday conversations over at Comic Book Resources, so that's going to be every Sunday, and I'm talking to different comic book creators, writers, and artists um, about things that interest them. So it's not just the regular talking points about whatever their current projects are. Um, we're actually having conversations. That so like hopefully it'll be pretty engaging. Work. <laughs> yeah. Now, Paul, knowing you, I bet you pitched Sunday conversation for Tuesday. I was told Sunday. Okay. We have them on so. Tuesday. So Newsarama? I'm sorry, CBR? One of those websites? Which one is Whoa. it? Whoa. All right. It's a comic wow. book resources. <laughs> sorry. You can go on Sunday and uh, it'd, really it'd be tired. a big help. It'd be a big help if you, if you pass the link around and, uh, and got some eyeballs on it. So uh, the first one that should be up right now, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, is Greg Rucka. And we talk about the science behind Lazarus, the science that inspires him, the science that scares the hell out of him and keeps him Did up at night. Did you have trouble getting him to talk? Uh, no, we talked for quite was, a bit. Uh, very, very gracious with his time. Very often, you've got to pull, pull things out of him. Get him yeah. to, oh, you know, Greg. He's, I mean, more than one word here. He's taciturn like Winters was at the beginning. <laughs> you know, I've been up for fifteen hours, and, and it doesn't them, sound like a lot, but I'm really tired. And then he, then he told them that that he that he's not a Quaker. Now, quickly, uh, this is we've we've mentioned several times. This is the final pick week of the year, which means next week is the all media show, which we talk about TV and film and books and video games and music and all that fun stuff. So you'll be able to find that on the feed next week in in place of this show, and then we'll be back with a new show the first week of January. We'll take the last week off completely, uh, so we can spend time with our families because we're not robots. 
and uh, then we'll be back. So that's that's you'll, you'll find the all media show next week and the pick, new pick of the week in January. I have a I have a thing to plug briefly. Oh, uh, I was on the Star Wars Minute uh, holiday special special live where we uh, went. I was in New York and we did a show. Uh, for people recorded the podcast live talking about the Star Wars holiday special, which is the most awful thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it will be released as a podcast at some point in the near future, so look out for that. Um, but it was a ton of fun. But still, was, don't, don't use their Amazon link. Was it as bad as as you heard? I had tried to watch it at a point in the past, and I didn't make it very far. And it's worse than that. <laughs> it's it's not it's it, this was I've only seen bits and pieces of it I haven't seen the whole thing all the way through not, there's no reason to I mean it's not even so bad it's good it's it's why is this still on <laughs> and who, is it weird is it boring is it it's, yes it's those things okay it's it's weird but it really boring also and there's long stretches of no dialogue but bad Wookiee yowling <laughs> and it's not like it's not like Chewbacca it's 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 itchy and lumpy and and Mara, and itchy is the most terrifying mask ever created. Um, it's very bad. I'm not gonna recommend it to you, uh, or uh, stay away from it. It's it's bad stuff. So just go into the podcast cold. Yeah. Um. I mean, you can you can you just you can look at it and get a feel for it. But was your opinion shared by the other hosts? Yep. Okay. Yeah. There's no. I mean, one guy said it was better than Phantom Menace, but. No, well, that's was, a low bar. They said it was better than Attack of the Clones. I said it was slower than Phantom Menace. Which <laughs> is pretty fucking slow. Um, watch out for that. Anyway, you can head over to iFanboy.com. You can comment on this show and the show's previous uh, and, and find all the other podcasts and the, and the, the fount of knowledge that still exists there. You, you, maybe maybe you're, you're looking for where to start with something. I actually looked up uh, when I this, – this week's pick of the week was uh, – the, the artist was uh, Walta – and and we did a we did an upstarts on him, so I, I read up on him a little bit. Uh, with oh, look at you doing research for the right? show. Yeah. After yep. 13, 12, 8 years, how are we doing the show? Now, actually, I just typed his name into Google, and we came up first. <laughs> I was like, well, there you go. Hey, look at that. There's your show right there. <laughs> there you go. So you can uh, go over there. You can follow us at twitter.com slash ifanboy or facebook.com slash ifanboy. We, we try to post what the pick of the week was before we uh, do the show. Uh, so you can find that there if you want to read up before the show comes out. Also, as I just mentioned mere moments ago, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com or leave a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS-326-2697. Any questions, comments, concerns, discussion topics? If you want us to talk about Band of Brothers again, just send them that email and we will do it. He doesn't even like the dog. If, uh, if this kind of bats. thing gets your, your, your motor running... Um, you should write a review about it in uh, in the iTunes. Uh, better yet, tell people at your ugly Christmas sweater party about it. Slip them a USB drive. Uh, if you're having of, one of those, speaking of motors, Jimmy Fallon was on Band of Brothers in a G- as a Jeep yeah. driver. Yeah, I I was about to say that, and then I was, and then I briefly thought maybe that was Saving Private Ryan, so I didn't. No, it was Band of Brothers. It's difficult, also, it's difficult also, to make jokes about the, the medic episode when he gets hooked on painkillers. Oh, Jesus. Um, Simon, uh, Simon Pegg is in the first episode. Yep. As uh, Sobel's little uh, little toady, his little netly. Paul, you, did we lose you again? Netley. That's it for this week's show. <laughs> and this is it for the year. That's it for 2013. 
We lost Paul. We'll be hosting. Thanks for listening. Host next year as Paul refuses to answer our emails and phone calls after this is over. Until then, I'm Connor. I'm Paul. I'm saying, remember Colin Hanks's character? Yes. The second lieutenant. Who would he be? I'm String Bean. Rage. Yeah. That, that, that's Rage. hard. Rage? I'm going with Rage because you pulled out Rage. <laughs> that's enough for me. That's great. That's it for the year. Goodbye.